Sure, I want to kiss the dog, but I'm sure get the commercial. <laughs> no one can eat just one. So we are in our series on um, using old commercials as kind of a prompt for what we're thinking about scripturally. Um, we're not preaching on eating or potato chips, either one today, but. Uh, we want to use that as a prompt for what um, we want to talk about today, which if you were um, here with us today, you would have seen all of our worship was about the Word. And so we're going to be preaching about the Word today and about how it impacts our life. But as I begin today, I want to follow up our message with a little prompt. Gonna, gonna, and again, I know this is probably the worst time in the world to do this with all that's going on in the community. So I'm gloved up and I'm gonna mask up as I come around and I am gonna deliver on our commercial. And I'm gonna prove to you that you can eat just one. Because that's all I'm gonna give you. <laughs> Uh huh. See. So let me ask you a couple of questions while Tom, you get a little one. Charles, Lord, looking out for you, give you a big one. That's fine. Let Let me ask you a question. You got a you got a holy one, Charles. There you go, Miss Shannon. Let me ask you a question. Why is it that we all love? potato chips so much? What is it about these potato chips that cause us that cause us to want them? <laughs> My heart came prepared for the message. <laughs> so I, have, I guess I have to deliver back here too, huh? Driving Shannon nuts with all this movement today. Oh, just one. <laughs> just one. So what is it about the chips? The salt. Man, do we like the salt? What else? 
There's something else about them? The crunch. Man, it, I don't know if crunch tastes, but we like the crunch, don't we? It, it makes it, the crunch and the salt make them tasty. Don't they? And we, man, we want that potato chip. Now, have you ever just eaten one? Just now. Just now. <laughs> and and is there is there a desire to want another one right now? I mean, is it running in your brain? I just wonder how I can get Pastor to pray and I can get up there and grab that bag. I know all of you at home that are watching this online are probably running to your cabinets now and looking for potato chips. See what you miss out when you can't make it to service? You miss out on potato chips. Just one. So they're good. All right, all right, okay. I'm not going to mask up and glove up for this because I don't think I'm going to get any partakers. But I did bring an alternative today. Would anybody like me to deliver a fresh, hearty, good-looking Brussels sprout to munch on today, Mark? Why are you looking over here? Sam, couldn't eat the chip. Would you like a Brussels sprout to chew on? Nobody wants a Brussels sprout? Oh, I like Brussels sprouts. Anybody want a raw one to munch on while we're... Gosh, I don't know. Why is it that you don't want the Brussels sprout? It's not baked. It's not cooked? Okay. No salt. No crunch. No crunch. Bitter. It's bitter. But, but let's look at this a minute. Does anybody here or anybody at home think that these are good for you? I mean, they're not adding... I mean, come on. The back says that they have no vitamin D, no calcium. Oh, there's a little bit of iron. I need these. There's some potassium and some vitamin C. Some carbohydrate, sodium, and cholesterol. I mean, not only do we know that these aren't good for us, but if we're being honest, we know that these are bad for us. And yet we still, at 2 o'clock in the morning, grab a bag out and dig into them, don't we, James? <clears throat> Brussels sprouts, on the other hand, Mark, they are high in vitamin K, vitamin C, and fiber. They are full of antioxidants. I don't know what an antioxidant is, but I've heard for the last 10 years how important they are. I understand that they have properties about them that help fight cancer cells. They maintain sugar levels. For anybody that's got dealing with diabetes, I mean, hey, if you've got diabetes and you're at home, you ought to grab your bag of Brussels sprouts and head to the couch. They have omega-3 fatty acids. Now, I don't know what that is again, but salmon supposedly have it, and we keep being told that that's an important part of what helps our cholesterol levels. Which, by the way, did I tell you, these have plenty of... No, no cholesterol. Zero cholesterol. So there is good... Yeah, okay. Which one do you think is better? And it says it may reduce inflammation. If you're getting old like me... Right now, my left hip and my left knee wish I was eating Brussels sprouts. Why? Because not only 
Are they not unhealthy? They're good for me. Which one do you go to grab? These or these? Why? You, yeah, thank you. More pleasing. Satisfying the flesh. And ladies at the cross. Isn't that really what we're talking about here? Is what we have accustomed, made our flesh accustomed to. The things that satisfy us. One we know is not only not un, not just healthy. It, I mean, it's it's not unhealthy. The other, no matter how good it is, it's not just okay. It's hurtful. You keep eating those, you're going to look like me. That this is body built by ladies. You know, I mean, they're they're bad for you. And yet we go after it time and time again. Psalm 119 today is where we're going to be. I'm reading from the ERV today. I'm going to be quoting from a couple of different versions, but I'm following along. I'm reading from the ERV. Psalm 119 one says, Great blessings belong to those who live pure lives. They follow the Lord's teachings. Great blessings belong to those who follow His rules. They seek Him with all their heart. They don't do wrong. They follow His ways. Lord, You gave us Your instructions and told us to always obey them. How I wish I could be more faithful in obeying Your laws. Then I would never feel ashamed when I look closely at Your commands. The more I understand how fair you are, excuse me, the more I understand how fair your laws are, the more sincerely I will praise you. I will obey your laws. Please don't leave me. How can a young person live a pure life? By obeying your word. How can I live a life of purity? Before the Lord. That's the question the psalmist is putting out in this psalm that is primarily a psalm about the Word of God. The longest psalm in um, all the psalms, the longest chapter in all of Scripture. And it's all about the Word of God. And the question he asks to begin this is, how can I live a life of purity, a life of holiness? And listen, we made a joke about the the... Lay's potato chips and only eating one and how they want us to crave more and, and the salt and the crunch and how we go after that even though we know it's harmful for us. But isn't that what we do in life? Don't we find ourselves attracted to the things that are not good for us? And if we're not careful finding ourselves going after those things rather than the things that are good for us? How? Can I live a life of purity for the Lord? I think the answer to that as much is determined by what I take into my life. What I eat spiritually. What I put 
again, let's let's set some parameters. We are two people. We are bipolar. As we were talking earlier in our question and answer time, the 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 Paul person. I know what I want to do. I don't always do it. There's the fleshly man that is still alive in me. And there's the spiritual man. Galatians chapter 5 tells us to kill the old so that the new can live. To daily put to death those things of the flesh. So, so what I eat in my spirit determines the health of my spiritual life. I think many of us fall into the lie and the deception of thinking that, that the life that God wants is a life of perfection and trying our best not to sin. But that's a fleshly response, folks. I, that's, I'm going to do this. I mean, how many times have you said in your, to yourself, I'm going to do better at this thing. I'm going to live better. I'm going to not think about those things. I'm not going to do that thing that's displeasing to the Lord. I'm going to read my Bible more. Do good things more. All those are fleshly responses. And the truth of the matter is, in that old man, there is no good thing. You're not going to make him better by doing more good things. He's wretched and undone and is going to die one day and be cast away. It's the spirit man that walks in the presence of God. That's how we can be in the presence of God. Listen, surely sin is bad and we ought to seek to avoid it. But trying to live a perfect life is not what we're called to do. You may never have heard that from a pulpit before. That's not, a, that's not a get out of jail free. We're called to live an obedient life. Obedient to the Word. And if we live an obedient life, we will live sinlessly. Or less sinless. Or less sinful. If we walk in that path. When we walk in obedience, we find purity because we find God's Word leads us to that purity. Great blessings. Anybody here want blessing in your life? Anybody want God to pour out His hand of favor upon you? Great blessings belong to those who live pure lives. How do you do that? They follow the Lord's teaching. Great blessings belong to those who follow His rules. How do you do that? They seek Him with all their heart. It's a matter of surrendering willfully, obediently following God. We find holiness at the feet of Christ through obedience, through response to His calls and His commands in our life. Verse number 10 through 16 is really where we're going to walk today for just a few moments. Or verse 9 through 16, I'm sorry. How can a young person or a person live a pure life? By obeying your word. I try with all my heart to serve you. Help me obey your commands. 
I study your teachings very carefully so that I will not sin against you. Lord, you are worthy of praise. Teach me your laws. I will repeat the laws we have heard from you. I enjoy following your rules as much as others enjoy great riches. I will study your instructions. I will give thought to the way, excuse me, I will give thought to your way of life. I enjoy your laws. I will not forget your word. The psalmist is advocating action on our part. He's advocating that we do certain things. A part of our human effort. Now remember I just said that in the flesh there is no good thing and it will never do. But we still carry this case. And if we will let the Spirit move it, then it will do certain things in a spiritual way. But the reality is we can't do it on our own. We were talking earlier today about the disciples. In our questions, we were talking about the disciples. What was the difference in their behavior? Walking in the power of the Spirit of God. When they were still walking under their own control before they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they, they failed when they began to walk under the control of fullness of the Holy Spirit. They succeeded in the task that they'd set before them. But I want you to understand something. God is not going to provide purity or holiness in our daily walk to a person who's unwilling to choose purity and holiness. In your spirit, you are right before God. We were talking earlier today about somebody who's born again. If they're truly born again, they are right before God in their spirit. Okay? That's how God can have fellowship with us because what was that transaction? Jesus took my sin and I took His holiness. So, that is... a transaction that has been made. And it sets. But if I want to behave in a spiritual manner, then I'm going to have to control what I allow this flesh to do. I've got to kill it and replace it. I've got to... We just did this a little while ago. This glove. This glove is my flesh. It, it moves when I move it because I'm what fills it. If I fill this glove, this flesh with the Spirit, it becomes a useful tool. Otherwise, it's useless. And that's the way the flesh is. The flesh is just a useless piece that has to be filled by the Spirit of God to be useful. It has no value other than that. We can sit around and wait on God to purify us, to bring holiness, and He will do that. You do understand that. There's a day coming when we step from this life, when we're glorified in Christ, we will be made perfect. The flesh will be cast away and everything will be in perfection. God's going to do that. 
But God's process is redemption, sanctification, glorification. Sanctification is what God's doing to us in this life. That's the part we participate in. Am I willing to be obedient to the process of sanctification? Implication here in these verses is that holiness can only come from the Word of God. From the precepts of God. From the, from the, the, the teachings of God. There's no amount of human effort that's going to create in us this purity that's what we were talking about. These, these actions that, that the, the psalmist is talking about uh, are actions that are taken relying upon the Word of God. Now, I just want to look at two or three things real quick and then give you what I think are three or four results of that. If we'll walk in the power of the Holy Spirit that is available to us. And it comes from the Word of God. Notice what he says in verse number, number one. How can a young person or a person live a pure life? How can, how can you, how can I, how can Steve live a pure life? Follow the Lord's teachings. Constantly being on guard by knowing and applying the Word of God to my life. I need to constantly be on guard. I need to be aware. I need to be alert. I need to be applying what the Word has said to me and what the Word has given to me. I, we, we talk all the time. You, you probably do as well. But Pastor Mark and I talk to people every single week that are struggling with their spiritual walk. Sometimes they're struggling because they're trying to walk. Sometimes they're struggling because they've not tried to walk and they're believers and they're just being overwhelmed by the sin in their life. But, but there's this, I want things to be different. I want it to be better. The question is, how much do you want it to be better? Are you willing to be on guard, to know what the Word says? We, we talk about it all the time around here. If you don't know what the Word says, how can you know what to do? If, if you want to, I was, I was watching um, in one of our places we work um, during the week, and they, were, they were putting together a, one of these computer desks that had all kinds of different things, but they were setting up for this main thing. And and they were putting it together and there was this pack of instructions. <laughs> and the instructions were sitting on a half-built desk and there wasn't anybody standing around because they had been trying to follow those instructions but they didn't know what they were reading. And they were having a hard time with it. Now, somebody that knew what they were doing wasn't going to have any trouble with that, I'm sure. But the person that was trying to put that together was struggling with it because they didn't understand the instructions. Does that sound familiar to the Word? As, as, and when you, were, when you were young in your faith, did, did you find it difficult to understand what God was trying to tell you to do all the time? As you've matured in your faith and grown, are you finding it a little easier to understand, not to do, but to understand what it is that God's called you to do? As you begin to, to mature, you begin to see and understand. As you become um, adept at walking in the Spirit of God. You learn certain things. 
But it comes from being on guard. You ever get tripped up by sin? You ever get tripped up by sin? You ever, you ever not see it coming? I don't anymore. I'm just going to confess. Typically, I see it coming. And I know it's there before I, it ever gets me. And it still bites me because I'm not willing to obey. But there were times when I was young in my faith that I never saw it coming. I didn't know if I did that, I was going to end up over here thinking that. Or doing that or saying that. I just never saw it. Not so much anymore. Now I am sure there are still things. What's the difference? I'm aware, but I'm not constantly on guard. If you're constantly on guard by knowing the Word, then it's applying the Word. What does He say? How can you keep a pure life? How can you have a pure life? By obeying the Word. I've said this before, I'll say it again. Do what you know. Don't worry about what you don't know. If the church would just do what you know. What? Anybody here know that you shouldn't eat as many potato chips as you eat? You probably eat, ought to eat a few more Brussels sprouts in your life. Does anybody not know that? Just do what you know. Obey what you know. I mean, it's not... Look, it's not rocket science, folks. What's the difference? I don't want to. I want the potato chips. They're driving me nuts back here. I can taste, I can honestly, I can smell them back here because the bag's open. I can taste these potato chips. I promise you that bag won't make it through the day. Because it's going to get in my car and go home with me and my wife's going to eat them all. No. She's not. Constantly be on guard and know it and applying God's Word in my life. What else does the Word tell us that we need to be doing? Look at verse 10. I try with all my heart to serve you. I seek you with all my heart, Scripture says. Actively seek God's help in obeying God's Word. He says, look, I try with all my heart to serve you. Help me. Obey your commands. Do, do you, can you relate to that? I sure can. God, I need help. I, we, we laugh around here at some of our... Um, how do I say this? Maybe I don't. I, I, get, I get tickled with the world around me. Um, you can go online find instructions in just about everything. You can find every kind of motivational speaker there is in the world. And they can tell you how to do it all day long. And it doesn't make a bit of difference if they know how to do it, if you ain't doing it. But when you go to God and you say, God, I'm trying. I want to get this right. I want to obey your word. You go to God. He will enact in you 
by His power and His Spirit for you to be able to do that. Help me, God. I want to do this. James 1, verse 6 through 8 says, But when you ask God, you must believe. Don't doubt Him. Whoever doubts is like a wave in the sea that is blown up and down by the wind. People like that are thinking two different things at the same time. Boy, have I ever, have you ever done that? God, I really want to follow your word. I just really kind of want to do it my way. God, I really want to lose some weight, but I want to eat that whole bag of chips. God, I really don't want my sodium count to go up, my salt count, my heart to start acting up. I want to get off some of this medication I'm on, but I don't want to eat as many Brussels sprouts. I'd rather eat potato chips. And then what he's saying, people like that are thinking two different things at the same time. They can never decide what to do. Those kind of people shouldn't think that they're going to receive anything from the Lord. If you're not going to sell out to God, we were talking about that earlier, here's, here's the difference. Are you willing to sell out with the whole heart? There's an awful lot of believers in the world today that are not willing to sell out with their whole heart to God. They, they're perfectly fine being an infant in a carrying case. Now, I don't know why that's true. I don't know why God allowed that to be. And I certainly believe that there's an awful lot of folks that think they're born again that are not. But I'm confident there are those that are born again but have never grown in faith. We must actively seek God's help in obeying the Word. You've got to know the Word. You've got to apply the Word. You've got to seek God to help you grow in the Word. I love what the, whole, the way that the, the Holman Christian Standard shares this verse. It says, I have sought you with all my heart. Don't let me wander from your commands. You ever wander off? from the commands of Christ? You ever find yourself just a little off the beaten path, kind of out in the, in the weeds? I walk through the yard sometimes. If you don't stay on the path, you look down, you got those beggar's lights all over your shoes, all over on your, on your, on your jeans. Why? Because all your dress, and I'm not my dress. Uh, but why? Because you wandered off. You got into stuff. And isn't that the way it is spiritually? Stay on the path, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You stay on the path, you're fine. You get off the path, you'll get in the weeds. And it's going to stick to you. There's going to be evidence of it. The writer here is focused on seeking God, seeking God's word. And he realizes that if he focuses on seeking God with all his heart, he won't wander. So let me ask you a question. How often do you find yourself wandering from God? Only to realize it's because you stopped diligently seeking Him. Now I just got to tell you, in my own life, for me, that's the greatest struggle I have. The greatest struggle I have is staying actively, purposely, Seeking God. 
I'm not saying the greatest struggle I have is reading the Word. I'm not saying the greatest struggle I have is coming to church. I'm not saying that the greatest struggle I have is, is talking to people about my faith, preaching a, a sermon. It is not wandering from my relationship, my active seeking God with all my heart. See, I want to wander in my heart at times. My heart wants what it wants. My heart wants those stinking potato chips, not these Brussels sprouts. Why? Because it's fleshly. Constantly be on guard. Applying the Word of God to your life. Actively seeking God's help in, in obedience to the Word. How's that going to happen? By making the Word of God your priority. Look at verse 11. I study your teachings very carefully so that I will not sin against you. I, I actually wrote down several translations here. The King James, King James says, I've hidden your Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That, that's the one I memorized as a kid. And that, that's where we get a lot of the Scripture memory. We talk about our memory verses. And we talk about this and we talk about hiding the Word of God in our heart so that we won't sin against Him. So we'll know what's right. But listen to way some of these other versions. The ESV says, I've stored your Word up in my heart. I like that. Hey, I, I, I've kind of piled it up in there so that I've got some back stored. I mean, I've got some stuff in there stored up. Having some reserves. The ERV says, I study your word very carefully. I, do y'all study? Or do you just read? There's nothing wrong with reading. But do you dig into what it means? Do you study? Do you, do you cross-reference verses? Do you pray over verses and ask God to lead you? As you're reading and studying. And then I think my favorite is out of the Holman. It says, I've treasured your word in my heart. Well, I like that. I've treasured your word in my heart. Matthew 6.21 tells us that our heart will be where our treasure is. See, if you don't treasure the word of God, your heart's not going to seek after the word. If you don't treasure the Word of God, your heart's not going to seek after the Word of God. Did you hear me? If you don't treasure the Word of God, you're not going to seek after the Word of God. Now let me just remind you, this isn't just a book. This isn't just some writings from old people. This is the written Word which gives us the perfect Picture of the living Word. Who is the living Word? Jesus Christ. If you don't treasure the Word in your heart, you won't seek after the Word. If God is not the most important thing in your life, if Jesus Christ isn't the defining factor of your life, you won't be ruled by the Word. You, you'll talk about it. You'll, you'll imply that it matters. You'll read through it a little bit, but it won't dictate to you how you live. And the only way you're going to be transformed, the only way I'm going to be transformed is if this dictates how we live. If you're going to call yourself a believer, it must be 
what defines what we do. How we live. How do we do that? Well, we have to get in it. We have to know it. I can, Listen, I've told you all how many times we talk about it. You go down here to the red light at 21 and 100. And I don't need a road map anymore. But if I was new to the area and I didn't have a road map, I'd need a road map. Because if I want to go to Stark, I cannot turn left. It's an option to turn left. There's an option to go straight. But it is not going to get me where I'm going if I want to go to Stark. You cannot get to Stark by going straight. You're not going to wrap back around and eventually get there. You turn left and you can't get to Stark. Why? Because those directions are wrong. The only way you can get to Stark is go up there and turn right. By word, have I hidden in my heart? Have I treasured in my heart? How can I know how to live a godly life? You got to follow the directions. You got to get in the word. It has to be the most important thing to you, to me. And it can't just be something we say. Listen, I can stand up here and preach all day long. I can stand up here and tell you all about it. But if it's not valuable to me in my life, for me, all this is just show and for you. And that's unfortunately what we've got an awful lot of. We've got a lot of people that are putting on a show because they're not in the Word. Let me, let me ask you online. How many of you have been in the Word today? How many of you have been in the Word this week? How many of you have, have been listening for the weeks that we've been off? Let me ask you here. No worry, raise hands, no nods. How many of our messages have you watched over the last three weeks? You say, well, I didn't have to watch that. I, can, I, I was doing other things. Okay. You know, you were in the Word somewhere else. You were, you were watching somebody else online. You were part of their church? I mean, is, is this your heart? Is this where, as we've talked about when you come, you know, I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior and this is the church that I believe God's called me to serve in? Well, then why wouldn't you watch what we're preaching? Why wouldn't you pray what we're praying? Why wouldn't you listen to the one calls and pray for the things that we, our church are praying for? Why aren't you reading the reading program that we're reading together? Why aren't you working on memorizing them? Because it's not what's treasured in your heart. That's just the simple life of it. And that's me, and it's you. There's nobody can answer that but you or me. Because listen, I can stand right up here all day long. And y'all can think I'm reading every single day. And I'm memorizing every day. And I'm the preacher. I'm doing all this. But you know what? The only one that can answer that truthfully is me. And if it isn't treasured in my heart, then I'm not going to do it anymore and you're going to do it. And this is all just a show. And, and I, I've told y'all before and I will confess to you again now. There are days and there are periods of days that that has been true in my life. Because I'm not perfect either. And I wander off in the weeds. And it's not my heart's treasure. Just like you. 
It's not about being sinlessly perfect. God's already taken care of that. It's about being obedient to the Word. Okay, my time's up. So what are our three or four things that are going to come out of this? If we live this kind of life, what's the result? Verse number 12. A life of praise will flow out of us. Lord, you are worthy of praise. Teach me your laws. You're gonna, you're gonna, praise is just going to flow up out of you if you're living a life that's poured into the Word where the Word's poured into you. What else? We're going to begin to share what we know from the Word. Verse 13. I will repeat your laws we have heard from you. You, you begin to tell other people what the Word says about how they ought to be living. You'll know what to tell people when they come to you and say, how do I handle this problem? I'm struggling in this area. You'll begin to tell. This is what God, this is what we were talking about earlier. Man, if you've got somebody that you know that's struggling with their walk or they're, they're, they're living in a sinful lifestyle, let the Word dictate to them what to do. Not you. Not me. Let the Word. Listen, we'll begin to value the spiritual more than the physical. Oh, wait a minute. But I love my life. I like living my best life now. Well, that's hogwash. Look what, listen to what he says. I enjoy following your rules as much as others enjoy great riches. I love your commands as much as others love silver and gold. Do you love God's command more than what this world offers? If you live a life like we were just talking about, you will. The spiritual will become more important than the physical. Number four, we'll have a great, a greater hunger to know God more and obey more of what we know. Verse number 15, I will study your instructions. I will give thought to your way of life. I'll meditate on what you want me to do, God. I'll consider how I should be living. I'll weigh my behavior against the Word of God. And there'll be a greater hunger to know God more and to be a more obedient. And, it, and it's, it's, a, it's, it's almost like a wave. It just continues and continues and continues. I began by asking, anybody want great blessings in your life? I'm going to end by asking this. Anybody want any joy? Anybody like some joy in your life? I enjoy your laws. I will never forget your word. You live like this, like God's calling us to live, and you're going to find the joy of Christ in your life. Joy of God working in your life. So the question is, do you want great blessing? Do you want joy? You've got to give up the chips. you got to get into the Brussels sprouts. There's no other way. you got to get in the Word. And you got to let the Word get into you. It's the only way that you and I, as believers, can find the joy that God's promised us. We cannot live this life the way the world lives and have great blessings. It will not work. Father, thank You for this very simple 
yet I think profound thought today. Lord, help us to treasure your word in our hearts and to seek after you with all that we are. Lord, we pray these things in the power and by the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. All right, just a couple of announcements as we head out of here. We were talking earlier, but for you folks online, no midweek um, activities here at Fresh Start Fellowship. Our next gathering together in person will be next Sunday as well. Um, so that means there's no Tuesday morning Bible study. Um, in fact, we're going to put Tuesday morning Bible study on hiatus until further notice. Um, it's not like it's gone away, but we're just going to kind of watch what's going on in the community with the virus. And, and so we'll let you know. Keep in touch with us. Uh, keep listening and keep looking online. Same thing for Wednesday night children's ministry and prayer time on Wednesday morning. We're just going to take a break from those. Doesn't mean don't pray at home. Keep praying. Just we're not going to gather here together. And then also, um, ladies, next Saturday morning, uh, or Saturday, I guess it's morning, yeah, mid-morning, when you get together for your ladies' meeting, we're going to put that on hold as well. Just as a precaution with everything going on, we want to take, uh, take it serious and be careful. So uh, next time back in the services will be next Sunday morning, unless something happens. There's always the potential, only a handful today, but if one of us gets sick, we're shutting down. So that's the, the protocol. Keep, keep in touch. Uh, stay on Facebook. Um, listen to your one calls. Um, if you have any questions, reach out to somebody in the church and uh, we'll keep you up. I hope you have a blessed day and a great week. I love you all. See you later.